Welcome to the Verbally Effective Podcast. I am your host, Ina Esco. So glad that you can join me today. And I have some great news. We are bringing Verbally Effective Podcasts to life at my alma mater, Lemoyne Owen College. Yes, I am a 2001 graduate, former Miss Lemoyne 2000, and their homecoming is coming up October 21st through the 26th. And we are doing the Verbally Effective Podcast live talk show there at the Little Theater, 3 p.m. on October 26th on that Friday. I have more details coming up next week surrounding the panelists, the sponsors, the special performances. I can't wait for you guys to see the Verbally Effective Podcast come to life. Be sure to listen and download and subscribe to the Verbally Effective Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, and a new platform will be pronounced soon. Verbally Effective, episode 39, your double E, Ina Esco here. Thank you so much for listening to episode 39. I have one of my beautiful sorors here today with me, Miss Jerrica Phillips from WMC Action News 5. Hey, beautiful. Hey, soror. How's it going? Everything is good. It's been a long day, but I always say no complaints. It's been a long day. You been at work today? I have been to work. I have been to doctor's appointments. Mm. I have been to therapy mm. and just running around. And we're headed a little later to go to a movie in the park. So, wow. <laughs> Long day. <laughs> wow. And you know what, Jerrica? That's like one of the things that I do know about you that, you know, you juggle a lot. You have family. You have your career. Mm-hmm. You got a lot going on, just like a lot of women out here. And a lot of people want to know, how do you do it? How do you balance everything off you know, top? Um, just shout out to all moms because I think that we compare each other a lot of times we're looking like man if I could do what she does or she does it better or you know even we judge other women like she's not doing a good job you know you don't know what someone is struggling with and so just again a shout out to all moms just doing what they can you know making it every day Um, I would quote a good friend of mine who I actually have gotten to know Raquita Williams Uh, she's a boss she's an engineer Um, She's just an amazing woman and inspiration to me. And um, we were talking about balance one time and I was like, how do you balance everything? And she says, it's not called balance. Mm -hmm. She says we prioritize. Prioritize. And so when we talk about balance, we feel like we got to give everybody equal this and equal that. But that's not really what it is. You cannot give everybody equal every day, you know. And so (laughs) prioritizing makes you feel a little better because you can say, well, this is on the top of my priority list today. I may not get to the other stuff, but. You know, tomorrow's a new day. And so um, family is always usually at the top of the list. But sometimes we have to tell our kids, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it to that game. You know, mama would love to be there, but I know you're going to do a great job, you know. And so Recruiter was just talking to me about that and and making sure our kids are independent and make sure they know that even when we aren't at every activity that they have, they know. yeah, Yeah. You know what? Mama supporting you. Daddy supports you. And um, this time I may not be able to make it, but next time I'll be there. And so um, taking that guilt trip off of ourselves as parents and as moms a lot of times. And that is how I'm trying to now look at things, because I am one of those people who are like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough for the family, for the kids, for work. I should be doing more. I should be reading more. I should be, you know, it's just always feeling like it's not enough. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about priority, I think that that opens a new door for us to 
take a step, look at our schedule that day and say, this is what I'm going to try to accomplish. Mm -hmm. If I don't get everything done, (laughs) it's okay. Girl, I'm I'm a little (laughs) guilt tripping right now. I'm missing Dallas football game, but he understands. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't make me feel guilty, which is great, too. Yes. I think maybe because he's a little older now. Mm -hmm. 13. Mm -hmm. You got a 13-year-old. I have a 15-year-old. A 15-year-old. Nobody believes it. Yes, she is going into this age where I'm like, oh, my God. Crop tops and halters. Oh, mama. Yes. Ooh, I'm daddy. like, mm. oh, yeah. Pray for daddy. I, I am because she <laughs> is uh, a knockout. Well, I mean, it. we're at the point where we're like, okay, communication is key because oh. we've been there at that age. Uh-huh. So we got to yeah. communicate. We got to talk. You got to think about. You, you often think about. I know what I was doing at that age. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I had a conversations with your kids. So it, it's different because I'm actually going through it now. Yes. And I feel like Dallas don't open up to me like mm-hmm. I want him to. But I know it's a process. Yeah. Ugh. I think that setting the right foundation, of course, I grew up in church. And, I mean, I was seen as the rebel. My sister, and it's just me and my sister. And um, just growing up in a household where my mom was like, she had all these expectations of us, you know, as far as Pentecostal and, you know, holiness. And, you know, you got to stay on the right track. You can't make a mistake. And so, you know, with that, I learned from her mistakes of trying to uh, find perfection. Mm. And so, you know, I felt like, okay, well, I'm the rebel. I can't do right. I just can't get right. I'm always the one who makes mistakes and get caught <laughs> you know okay. you know having a baby everybody know now you know and so um with her with my daughter I'm just like listen let's talk about things like you said conversations um trying to be understanding and um teaching her that listen this is the foundation that I'm setting for you I do have expectations I do have standards and rules mm-hmm. and there will be discipline but I also want you to understand that you're not going to be perfect and you're going to make mistakes and I'm not going to hold that against you when you make bad decisions you need to learn from those decisions and don't make another one you know don't go over over and over and over but at the same time you know there's there's um there's accountability but not judgment mm-hmm. right so how are you dealing with her and social media yeah i mean i can't keep up <laughs> <laughs> i can't keep up i'm on so many platforms and you know i have two accounts for everything one personal one for work and so you know I, i'm already juggling all of that you and ever then, mix them up Yes, I have. I have gone back and deleted like, ooh, that was the wrong account. But thankfully, not anything too bad. But um, yeah, now I just try to keep up with her as far as social media and Snapchat and all that because I don't know how to do all this. I mean, we're I'm a millennial, but I'm on the end of I'm still an 80s baby. You know, right. I was one in 85. And so it's like, wow, like I felt like I was hip. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like I'm behind. I'm trying to right. keep up. And right. I, I'm just like, man, what else are they going to come up with? Because I can't keep up. I know. And do my best. With you being in the news. <laughs> And you guys rely so heavy mm-hmm. on social media right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're getting your top stories from social media at this point. Yes. Well, I mean, social media is everything as far as our promotion um, at this point because no longer do people wait for the 5 o'clock evening news to Mm-mm. sit down with the family at the table That's and watch over. the breaking news. You know, nobody waits. You are going to get breaking news all day long. Your phone is going to chime with the alerts and you're going to see it first on social media. So what we have to do is be first there now, you know, and when we find out something, we need to immediately tweet it. We need to immediately put it on Facebook. And so it's just a new generation, a new um, wave of technology mm-hmm. and I think just like with newspaper, with radio, um, um, with the 
broadcast television everybody's trying to keep up at this point and figure out where this is going right and so we're all just like evergreen it's like who knows what's next Mm -hmm. i'm like wow Mm -hmm. okay but uh jerica you know we're sorors of alpha kappa alpha sorority incorporated for those that don't know but we're also both from millington yeah well i don't know about all that i'm actually not from millington you're not from millington (laughs) well we both graduated we went to millington Central High, High School. And I'm not originally from Millington yes. either. Yes. My family's from Millington. So okay. to explain it, and okay, so many explain. people, when they see Millington, they immediately think that we grew up in Millington. Um, I actually never lived in Millington uh, until, yeah, until I came back from college. We stayed in Millington a couple of okay. years and um, rented a house just for my daughter to go to the elementary school out there. Mm-hmm. But growing up, uh, my parents are from Millington, Tipton County. They moved to North Memphis, Hollywood when they okay. were in their 20s, got married. Uh, had my sister and I, and we actually started out in the Valentine Klondike area. Okay. Hollywood okay. and Chelsea, actually, but we went to school. Like, North, North. Yes. So, <laughs> um... My mom is just a country girl, and she wanted to really get out of the city. My sister started at um, at Klondike, and then she was like, okay, we're going to move to the suburbs. And the suburbs then was Frazier, North Haven. Yes. Okay. And so North okay. Haven is a part of the county, but it's still 38127 Frazier. Mm-hmm. And so from there, we moved from North Memphis to Frazier, and that is where I grew up. And they annexed the county. Um, they took over North Haven. And okay. so North Haven was sent all the way 10 miles to Millington. Although Tresvent, uh, Westside, Frazier, all of those schools were around Mm -hmm. us. My mom was so excited that we were not going to be in the city schools. We were going to be in the county schools. And so it was a blessing. Um, I mean, because just like I said, my family is country and my mom is a church lady. So she probably couldn't handle (laughs) Frazier and Westside back then. So it was a blessing to be out in Millington. um, And I met a lot of people, you know, Navy base. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a, a nice cultural experience as far as kind of being in the country slash on the edge of the city. Yeah. And so that's just the explanation of most people think that I'm from Millington, but I actually didn't didn't live in Millington at all growing up. We just were busting out there. Yeah. And, you know, we were a military family going to Millington and we had heard so many things, mm-hmm. especially at that time. Mm-hmm. Because I think when I went there, I only went there my senior year. Okay. Um, right before I transferred there from Raleigh, Egypt. Oh, yeah. Well, you a city girl then. Raleigh, then, we, <laughs> then I had to go again. I had so much adjustment in life. But yes. um, I was hearing rumors about the them hanging nooses. Yeah, and there were some. I was like, I don't want to go there, Daddy. He was like, You're going. You're gonna be okay. I'm Race gonna... relations were high in Millington at the time when I went as well. And so, I mean, like I said, North Haven was an African, a predominantly African American neighborhood because they. What happened when I was in North Haven was they uh, Harrington was the mayor and mm-hmm. he had shut down all the projects. You know, he was like, Listen, we're getting rid of the projects. We're going to rebuild mm-hmm. all those things. There was a renovation, a renaissance going on uh, with a lot of the projects downtown and all of that and so a lot of people low-income families moved into North Haven because those were a lot of rental properties and it was close off of Watkins you know right from downtown coming down from Danny Thomas and so um, it got the reputation of we don't want those people and that is it was a lot of adjustment for the military base type families and the, and the Caucasian families who were in Millington to have these kids bust in from Millington I mean from North Haven right. and so it was just this race relation it was always mm-hmm. This, it was you know, heavy, baby. Yeah, it you felt really it. Heavy. You felt it. Oh but I, I met good people. And, I did too. I you know. did too. I, I had a few issues though with race relations mm-hmm. uh, going to Millington. I played volleyball 
and um, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was, I was the five. I was <laughs> really good. I got all state my se- my senior year. And just imagine I'm I'm new to the school. Mm-hmm. It's all white girls on the team. Mm-hmm. I'm the only black girl. And I took somebody's spot to start. Yeah. You know, so. A little okay. bit of jealousy. Yeah. Okay. But the kicker was, and I'm putting this on record, the kicker was the sports banquet. We had the sports banquet. So I was I was given the All-State Award. You would think, you know, okay, you would think something off top with that. Mm-hmm. But it was only three seniors. It was me and so-and-so and so-and-so, mm-hmm. two young white ladies. And it was three trophies left to be given out. So it was a small trophy and two big trophies. Uh, so guess who got the little trophy? Mm-hmm. And we're all three seniors. And it was equal. Right. But that that little trophy, though. But unequal. <laughs> Girl, my daddy got up. He came over to me. He tapped me on my shoulder. He said, uh, you do realize this is racism, right? Mm-hmm. I said, yes, daddy. He said, do you want me to say something? I was like, no, please. I was just like, I didn't know how I really felt at mm-hmm. that point. I was embarrassed. I had so many feelings going on. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, I'm ready to go. You ready to go? I said, no. He said, well, um, are you going to catch a ride with one of your friends? I said, yeah. He said, well, we're going to talk when you get home. Mm-hmm. And there was like no apologies. They tried yeah. to play it like, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. But I later had a conversation with the coach, and she tried to make it seem like, well, they were here for four years, mm-hmm. and you just got here. I said, that don't have nothing to do with anything. Yeah, But that's how they tried to play it. Yeah. I mean, addressing any issues that that deal with race have always been – this underlying, you know, challenge for African-Americans, especially when you are in a predominantly white neighborhood or white school. And you don't want to always be that person that's like up oh, right. pulling the race car. But a lot of times there are so many things that come up yes. and you're like, OK, when should I, you know, pick my battle? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I feel like I've always been that person. My mom called me Rosa Parks growing mm-hmm. up because I was oh, you always, always picking yes, a battle, huh? Always <laughs> the one to speak up. And I've been like, man, let me just be cool. But it was something always burning in me to speak up and be a voice. And um, I think that's what really pushed me into communications and broadcasting because um, I always had a way with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also felt like I had a talent with communications and public speaking. And, you know, I won a lot of contests in high school with writing and essays. And, you know, I I wanted to be Claudia Barr when I was like nine. Like nobody Mm -hmm. (laughs) who wanted to be the news lady. That was me. And so, you know, I just my mom saw that in me. And that's so important, you know, when we have children to, you know, kind of. Find those things, those treasures inside of them and then pull them out because a lot of times it's like, oh, I don't want to do it. But um, she pulled that out of me early and and put me in as much as possible when it came to communications. And that really blossomed for me. But um, I met your sister in volleyball. I played volleyball as well. I wasn't good. I remember seeing your picture. You were good. I wasn't good. (laughs) (laughs) What were you, a hitter? A hitter. Listen, I don't even know. You was on the team. I was on the team. (laughs) I made a few hits here and there, uh, but I'm not an athlete. But you got heart. You play. You had yeah. I had spirit. Oh my. Okay, so Millington. <laughs> then you went to UT Knox. Yes. So full I scholarship. Was, full scholarship. Um that was a big accomplishment for me because as you know, I had my daughter my senior mm-hmm. year and so I decided to go to college 
with her. And so everybody was like, girl, you know, she was like a newborn little baby. And so I was like, okay, I mean, I my grades are still good. I'm going. I have a full scholarship. Let's go. And the blessing was that um, her dad's family was from Knoxville. His part, his mom is in Millington. His father had moved to Knoxville when he was younger. And so uh, he had family in Knoxville. I had no idea. You know, when I chose UT. But again, the blessing of that being support, you know, up there. And my mom was like, you, what are you what are you doing with a baby up there? You don't know what you're doing. You know, you can't raise a baby, baby raising a baby. And I'm like, we're going to make this work. And if it doesn't work, I promise you I'm going to send this baby back to you. Because she was ready with the paperwork at juvenile court. Like, I'm taking <laughs> it. I'm like, I'm 18. Wait a minute. You're she not taking the paperwork on your She butt. had the paperwork. Like, y'all sign this baby over to me. You're going to court. University oh of God. Memphis, whatever. She wanted me to stay. And yeah. if I wasn't going to stay, she wanted me to leave the baby. And I understand that. Um, but when I got up there, got an apartment, I never stayed in a dorm, you know, didn't get that experience. Um, uh, but it really motivated me and pushed me to beat the odds. I think to say, you know what, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Mm-hmm. And so my little schedule, it was nothing like the other students. I was I going to school, that. coming home, mm-hmm. picking her up from daycare, doing what I had to do. But around my sophomore, junior years, when I really was like, you know what, I'm going to get involved in some things mm-hmm. and I'm going to still have a college experience and I'm going to take this baby with me. Mm-hmm. So she became the college campus baby at UT and I met Aww. so many great people. I mean, she was just adorable. So people just clung to her everywhere we went and um, just make, met great friends, the sisterhood, you know, with Alpha Kappa Alpha, just so many beautiful young women who were supportive mm-hmm. and that makes all of the difference. When women support women, because I wasn't looking for no guy in college. Like, I was still back and forth between um, being in a relationship with her dad. And so, you know, guys weren't really important. But I just wanted to have a sense of belonging uh, because I was so far away. Knoxville is six hours away. You can get to mm-hmm. Arkansas, Mississippi, all of that. Yeah. You know, you can probably get to almost Chicago as fast as you can get to Knoxville. But um, I was just so far away, and I just wanted a sense of friendship. Um, and so the sorority and then joining some other organizations, some volunteer organizations and everything that really gave me a sense of this is who I am. This is what I want to be. And then I started with the broadcast program up there. Mm-hmm. UT is a, he, a, was a huge football. <laughs> Y'all are cuckoo ball fans. We are terrible now. Are you, are you a, a like crazy fan ball fan? I am loyal. I will okay. say that. Boy. We have not been good probably since 97. Oh, y'all ain't even good. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Philip Fulmer, his his years and I mean, listen, Peyton Manning and all them that's, that's history. So that's ago. history. And so wow. I'm loyal to the fact that I'm just like, man, I'm a Vol. We say mm-hmm. V4L, Vol mm-hmm. for life, you know. And so I support them no matter what. Mm-hmm. But um a great uh, program up there with ESPN and broadcasting because they allow the students to come in and pretty much help broadcast and produce so many of the oh, shows really and pay you. So I was working for ESPN College Sports. Mm-hmm. Um, we were putting together our own newscast for the NBC affiliate up there in Knoxville. So it really gave me a lot of hands-on experience. Wow. And I knew for a fact then, oh yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And so came back to Memphis uh, in 2008 okay. and I've been with Channel 5 ever since. Wow. Yeah, Ten you've years. been with, with Action News 5. <laughs> for a long time but I mean just listening to you talk about you know at one point you wanted to have relationships and do things other than you know it was you know you focus on your work and your child Mm -hmm. how important is it to you of having relationships with with females yeah 
I mean, like I said, the sisterhood thing, it's a challenge because women are competitive. You know, I do think that uh, rather than being this undergirding of support for each other, a lot of times we tear each other down with gossip and, you know, and I, I mean, you know, Crystal Tidwell, another one of our sororers, she, yes, she talked to me um, about some things that she had heard when I was pledging. They were like, we don't want her. She got a baby. You know, people what? were saying some things, you know, and she was like, she stood for me. She was like, listen, you know, this young lady has proven herself time and time again. And this is exactly what we want in our sorority. And so we can't judge another woman because of, you know, a mistake or a decision that she has made, even though, again, my daughter wasn't a mistake. She basically put me in a position to prove, you know, what I needed to prove. And so um, it was tough at first, you know, just just knowing that I was going to have to share a lot more than I wanted to with people. I mean, cause you can't hide a child and she was no, up there. No. And um, I mean, again, it was something that I wanted to go after. I did. And afterwards I heard some things, but as I got to know many of the young ladies, they respected me mm-hmm. uh, for what I was doing and who I was and not based on the circumstance. Mm-hmm. And so that changed a lot, but I really think that sisterhood and um, getting to know, a gr- you don't have to have a big group, you know, you really don't. I mean, that just causes problems because everybody has their own personalities Girl, and all of that. Smile, I'm counting on one. Yes, hand, yes, you do. <laughs> and I, even though you may have a lot of good people that you know, you may not be able to hang out with everybody as much. Right. But the good thing is, when you talk to that one or two, you know, uh, people like who are contacting you it's always love you know Mm -hmm. no love lost we haven't talked in a while but hey girl how you Mm -hmm. doing and so keeping in contact with women even though you have a busy life and no one getting offended because you hadn't talked in a while or whatever or i saw you with so-and-so you didn't call me you know you got to find some friends who's not going to be hung up (laughs) on those things get together when you can have a good time when you see them try to you know stay in touch as much as possible and you know Look out for your friends. Take care of your friends as far as calling and checking up on them. You yeah. know, I'm I'm trying to be a better friend because I do have yeah. such a busy life. I feel like exactly. I neglect my friends a lot. I don't text and say, hey, girl. You got to do what you got to do, though. You I know. Do what you gotta do. And I think that with both of us being in the media, I well, I know for me, sometimes I'm hesitant with maybe getting a new friend and yes. I, or even just getting to know another female because to me, some people may have an agenda, and mm-hmm. you, you figure that out. Mm-hmm. And it, and I think even now, I could spot it quick. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, pump the brakes. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, good. they only call good, when they love, know enjoy. something's going on. Exactly. <laughs> I'm good, love. But yeah, I mean, there are people, because we are public figures or people um, recognize us when we're out, some people like to cling to that. And yes. they like to be where it's think happening. It's something yeah. you know, more than it is. A lot of times we working, you know. Right. We networking it, it, and doing what we gotta do. Us. Like this is <laughs> and work. people just want to be like, let me let me grab on to what you're doing. But mm-hmm. again, yeah, you're right. No new friends at a certain age. <laughs> it's just like I can get to know you, and um, we can, you know, maybe hang out a little bit. But mm-hmm. I'm just kind of hesitant too to get close to people yeah. because you never know like what is the hidden 
you know, agenda, but yeah, there are good people out time. there. There yeah. are good. I mean, I meet people on social media who support me yes. more than Hello, people I don't more know. Your family, yes. More than your friends. It's it's happening. Yes. It's happening. That's so, the great thing about social media, though. Yes. I really like social media. I like to meet a lot of new people. Yes. Yes. And yeah. then when you go out, it's like, I'm your friend on Instagram. And I, I don't know. <laughs> that, that, you know what? I'm so bad with names, and I never know people when they come up to I me. A face though before a name you don't even remember the face sometimes (laughs) people be offended too boy i have offended some people like really you know we didn't talk and you don't even say oh you be like my bad can we move on from the conversation we okay we're here now right (laughs) but look jerica like you're known for going viral oh my god with a few dances and even stories with the station talk to us about some of that um, going viral, I would definitely say has to be authentic, <laughs> you know, because you never know you will post something. And if you're posting something to go viral, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But when you post something, you're just having a good time with something, you know, just out of the ordinary you're doing and boom everybody's sharing it and you go back and you wake up to all these notifications like, dang, they shared that it's weird like that it's a that? weird feeling it's i'm terrible because i try to go back and read all the comments mm-hmm. it's, it's <laughs> which i should not huh? do it's but interesting yeah what people are saying people are very judgmental but when you have a good time um the people who really love and care about you they will go off for you if they mm-hmm. see somebody kind of saying something right. wrong but going viral it has like i said the negative comes with that because you're going to have all type of people who see it. I mean, millions of people saw our dancing videos um, with WMC Action is Five. Right. And that what was just like... Was that? What song was that? What song was that? Uh, that well, we did Hit the Quan and we did uh, Whip and Nay Nay. Oh, that was it right there. But you know, Kendall was the factor yes. in us going yes. viral the because diversity she, yes. in the group the fact that everybody was like the white girl can move yes, she got baby. rhythm and she was like that is not that's stereotypical it, white girls can move and I was like listen Kendall they ain't ready <laughs> Kendall, Kendall had it going on yeah so she was I think the deciding factor if it was a bunch of you know black women I really just wouldn't feel like we would have went viral mm-hmm. but they were excited to see a young lady who was embracing the culture mm-hmm. and um um, I mean, we had a good time. Yes, yeah, she is a sweetheart. She moved here. Um, she's actually from Texas. And so mm. just coming to Memphis and, you know, embracing the city the way she did. You know, a lot of people come and they're just like, mm. you know, they don't really want to get out into the community, into, you know, what we have here. They just kind of here to work. Mm-hmm. But she just real person she always keeps it real and we can we have conversations we disagree all the time on different subjects i mean as far as our ideologies and how we feel about a lot of things but um good friends can disagree and keep it moving i wish it was more people like that because some people don't know how to you know separate that yes once you get in a disagreement it's like um i'm not close to you anymore wow but going viral with the dancing was fun it was i know it looked fun they put a stop to it though what the station yeah they cut that That well we getting too much attention no the the thing that they said was um like we talked about the copyright like you know just doing the music or whatever and the okay yeah you know using the music and then the main thing i think was they were like okay you guys need to be professional journalist Mm -hmm. and that may follow you a little bit longer than you would like but listen if the people loving it okay the people the people the people this well this is what we're here for (laughs) okay now with you working in news 
are there ever times where, um, first of all, do you decide what you want to report on? No. So we bring ideas to the table, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a great thing because, again, that's that platform, that voice that I feel like I have in the newsroom. Um, But ultimately, our assignments are chosen by our news directors and our managers. Mm -hmm. And so um, sometimes you have to report on tough topics and things that you may not, you know, feel comfortable with or things that you don't agree with. Uh, But our job is to inform and share Mm -hmm. with the community and allow people to have a voice. And um, it's just a it's a gatekeeping opportunity, I say, because um, we decide what goes on, you know, mass media. We, we decide what people hear and what people see. And so as gatekeepers, we have to be very careful, you know, what images, what narratives we put out there. And so that's a huge responsibility for me, no matter what story it is. Yes, I want to remain objective. I want to give people an opportunity to decide how they feel about this story. But I also don't want to put a narrative out there, you know, that is going to hurt Mm-hmm. Um, anyone mm-hmm. and so uh, it's a big responsibility but yes we are assigned stories based on management and we can throw ideas out there all day long you know and a lot of the times they're like yes I love it you know mm-hmm. let's do it and once they know that you have a good niche for stories like mm-hmm. I'm just that community person like I do those stories in the community education uh, positive you know great kids doing this or that and so I like to do those type of stories and they allow me to do those a lot more so so what's been like if you could if you could say what's been your top favorite story you've covered so far if oh, you could wow. choose one man I know you probably got a few, though. That is difficult because um, I cover a lot of great stories. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to say an educational story. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the stories that I cover, I enjoy talking about um, students who are resilient, especially here in Shelby County. Um, I covered a young man who was uh, approved or admitted to an Ivy League, you know, and those type of stories go viral as well. People people like sharing good news as well. We always talk about people sharing the bad, the fights, yeah. the crime. But, man, those stories do very well. I remember you sharing that story. Yeah. And so, story. yeah, um, I love those stories because... You meet these young people who wake up, you know, in neighborhoods where there is everything bad around them and they're getting up every day with their backpack, their pencil, and they're going to class and they're saying, I'm going to make it out of this situation. So those stories, um, they just touch me in a different way because I just love seeing the fact that there are so many overcomers. And when I talk about young people just being resilient, that is the whole thing about, you know, that attitude of I'm going to make it no matter what, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of times adults just kind of get like, man, this is the situation. The man put me in. Da, da, da. It gets to the <laughs> But young people, it's something about them, you know. And I see that in myself and I see that in this next generation of, of students and children where they're just yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to be somebody. This generation <laughs> is on fire. Yes, they so are. Smart. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. They are ready. And mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. Like, yes. What do you think about the upcoming, um, 
I guess with with the kids and the upcoming election, yeah, those that can vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just so important uh, for young people to make sure that their voices are heard, mm-hmm. um, and just getting out and and speaking up for each other. You know, when they had all the school shootings, like mm-hmm. all those kids that were rallying and having these protests. Mm-hmm. You know, I forgot what the name of the protests were, um, but they were having them all over the country. Yeah, uh, and so I went to several of those, and you would have these young people on the on the mics and mm-hmm. the you know the megaphones. And it was like, man, you know, I'm impressed right, by them right. being such great yeah. leaders. Yeah. Um, and again, those type of stories really inspire me to just be better every day mm-hmm. because you see these young people who have everything against them. You know, things are stacked up against them. But you just look at how blessed you are and you say, you know what, I can do more you know so wow now one of the things that we love about you on social media is you talking about your hair honey (laughs) now jerica has gorgeous hair and she's a natural i'm natural too but baby my stuff not like her yes it is (laughs) oh my god wait a minute Little little story. Uh, we were just at Wine on the River, mm-hmm. and Jerrica hair was late, y'all. No, it, it was, wasn't. Ooh, it was late. <laughs> By the time I made it to that tent, my with my hair was poof, and I'm like, oh, don't nobody take no picture of me, please. But anyway, no, let's talk about your hair and work. Yes. Can you just wear your hair however you want? Negative. Negative. No. Um, I went natural. It like the movement started probably like what 2010. I mean, people have been natural for years. I mean, people have been wearing their dreads and their but sister the locks. Movement. Yeah, the movement movement um started I would say around 2009, 10, 11 mm-hmm. in that time and um I caught on to it. I was like, you know what? I'm not getting no relaxer. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going natural. And it was tough because people think going natural is about to be, yes, now my hair is just going to, you know, be free, but you got to do a lot. It's work. It's work. It's work. And so, um going natural, the the only thing that really was the biggest challenge for me was being on television with this transition, mm-hmm. you know. And so Ooh, the transition, the, the transition is very difficult. <laughs> so I was wearing a bun a lot, like okay. a top bun. Mm-hmm. So my roots were one texture, and the top bun was okay. another. And I was just waiting to cut off most of the perm, but. Um, I had a really supportive group of managers at that point who kind of let me do what I do. And that's like known. If you go through the history of the 10 years I've been at Channel 5, man, I hate to see my hair because I'm like, man, why did they let me do this? It was. Yeah. But it's basically what other black women have gone through in that transition of going natural. But it was public. Right. So you could see all of the struggles but, that I was going it through. It wasn't that bad, though, because you have an, uh, um I want to see when I say nice gray hair. See, no, no. You have a, and the ladies know what I'm talking about. It's no. the difference between people with the good, good and the eye and then the There uh-uh. is more kinky, coarse <laughs> hair. I have a niece okay. who has really kinky, kinky, coarse hair. She has good braiding hair. Okay. And then you have a softer texture that's kind of, it slides with the braids, you know, it mm-hmm. gets a little frizzy or whatever. But honestly, my hair is really thick. And I, again, I go back to the word resilient because I do a lot of stuff to my hair, coloring mm-hmm. it and, and it breaks off and, do, and it grows back. I'm loving your color you got today. Thank you. It's I'm loving the color. I have Ooh, to be... Listen, I gotta what color be that? independent some kind of way. I would say like a honey blonde. A honey blonde. What it is has the a little bit of red. Say about this honey blonde. So <laughs> when I talked about <laughs> my management before, they were letting me kind of do anything I wanted. I had women, mm-hmm. you know, and they were just like, "Hey, they you know, they understand." But I mean, at the same time, I think that in news, going back to the professional side of it and the requirements, um, we have to maintain a look. And I think in news, it's always 
always been this like little bob, straight hair, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And so they were allowing me to kind of do my thing because Memphis is a predominantly African-American exactly. city. And black women and most of the folks who were watching understood what was going on. And I used social media to kind of let people know, hey, I'm having some hair problems today yes. or new hair alert or whatever. Yes. You know, I was going to do what I'm wearing, <laughs> crochets. You know, I, I have done some things on TV that most were like, wow, okay, so you said the trend. Okay? No. <laughs> but you did it. <laughs> I did wear some feet-in braids. After a vacation, I came back, and I was on TV with feet-in braids, and no one said anything. So, I thought okay. that they were professional. They were up in a bun, and I thought that that was professional. So new management came in, and they had basically said, hey, we need consistency, mm-hmm. which I understand. So when you turn on the TV and you're expecting to see your TV personality, you just kind of want to know what you're going to get. You know, I mean, I guess if you're going to a restaurant, you order the same meal, you want you want consistency. Okay, so I compare it to that only because I understand that when you represent a brand, you have to do what they ask you to do because you're representing them. And so we kind of talked about McDonald's. You got to wear your McDonald's shirt when you get hired. okay? (laughs) but the difference is in all fairness across the board. Yes, we have to have approval approval for our appearance. But I think that the issue for a lot of African-American newscasters and people on TV is they feel there is some discrimination when it comes to our hair being a distraction Mm -hmm. or um, feeling like, okay, I can't wear this style or that style. That's my ethnic culture because someone's not going to be comfortable with it right and so that's the only issue i mean caucasian hair it doesn't do as much as nor and i mean in general i mean you have white women who have curly hair you know whatever but it's either gonna be curly yes or straight. straight and it's so our hair do, does a lot our hair does a lot yes. natural hair is just gonna do what it want to do we on whatever day now we might be straight we might be locked and up. we have to have protective styles because our hair does break when we manipulate it too much True. and so black women wear a lot of protective styles mm-hmm. and so i have pushed that envelope as far as I could and you so passionate about it look at her face I'm so serious I just I just I want some faux locks so bad you can't get them you can't do it management said no the management contract the management standard is consistency so Mm. when they said hey you can wear your natural hair but it needs to be consistent that to me was a contradiction within itself because my natural hair is not going to be consistent every single day because our hair is not that way when you we step into humidity and the elements, Don't it's going to change. Don't and I so I said, basically, I know what you're saying. You're saying I need to keep it straight and figure out a way to make it yeah. consistent. What may so, change in the future? What do you think? Um, I always... I always liken myself to Oprah starting off. You know, she started off as a newscaster. No, seriously. She started off as a newscaster. Um, She moved around. I think she was in Baltimore at one point, and she was an anchor. But she talks about the challenges, you know, like not having power and voice Mm -hmm. and what she wanted to do. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to show them. When I get my own, I'm going to show them. And I don't know that I want to branch out. I mean, I've never really just seen myself as an entrepreneur um, and you never know where God will take you. But, you know, what I say is you start off and you have to conform sometimes when you're under leadership and you have to do what people ask you to do until you get to a position of power and um, 
influence to where they allow you to kind of do what you want to do. When you make it to the Merle Purvis, mm-hmm. you know, status, you do what you want to do. <laughs> That's She's auntie. She wanna Listen, do. <laughs> don't come for auntie. That's all I'm saying. I, I know. And it. so you earn that status is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, you kind of. Oh, yeah. How long Merle been in the news? She has been in the news, but she is a pioneer. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody respects her. And like I said, you have to get to that place sometimes. You have yeah. to work your way to that point where they're going to say, hey, Listen, people love her. The people watching, let her do what she want to do. Yeah, very, you know? very dramatic. Listen, you know, I, you like gotta love it. It. I, I like it. Hey, it. hey, it's wait a, a minute. Show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here promoting the competition. Look, look, do you all ever get together like all of the women on TV? Do you all hang out ever? We or? hang out in different circumstances. Like there's the um, Memphis Association of Black Journalists. You know, we will all see each other at different events. And I mean, we're all um, at different uh, seasons in our lives. You know, um, this generation of reporters may hang out and this generation of whatever. So, um I have a full household and responsibility, <laughs> so I get out when I can. You see when I get out, like, in the night. <laughs> right. Put the kids in bed. Hey. Let me get out. But um, I don't hang out as much as others. They kind of do, you know, happy hour. You know, I think that there is a camaraderie here in the city. There is not. I have not seen this bickering, competitive nature within the reporters and anchors here. Um, I think everybody shows love to each other when we're on the scenes, and that's a good thing. Now, we are a competition. We do want to get an exclusive story. We do want to be first with the story but um there is a like i said a camaraderie of hey you know we're doing the job um we're doing the same job so to speak and we can get along you know we don't have to be like "Mm," when we see each other but i mean yeah i i mostly uh hang with a lot of folks from channel five but i see folks from the other stations as well and you know it's all love Mm -hmm. Now, like you said, you guys wanting to get on the scene first, the story first. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been, like, a, uh, an instance where you all want this particular backdrop and y'all both were there, like, maybe at the same time? And who's going to decide? Like, you know. You listen, we talk to each <laughs> other like that. We've ha- I've had another station I'm live and they roll their van right behind me no, during didn't. the live shot, oh, during wow. the live report. And then once I go off air, I'm like, really? You just going to roll? You know, so they we know talk to wrong. each other like that. And like, I'll be on an interview. Uh, we're on a scene and there's a big interview and I, I got it first. And then they sneak up and try to just put their mic up, you know, mm-hmm. and, t- and I'll be like, you know, Stop. so you there live. is. Are they wrong? For yes, that? that happens. And it used to be you. You you would ask, "Hey, can I join in your interview?" You know, we just got here. But at this point, it's kind of like everybody going for it. Mm. They don't. It's not. It's it's almost like a doggy dog. Yeah, you mm. gotta get it. Right. It's very competitive out <laughs> But you know what? Just listening to you talk about um, maybe like Oprah, like a comparison to Oprah level, I can see you like starting your own thing. So. If you ever have those entrepreneur desires, <laughs> oh me! Listen, she's just a mentor. It would be great to meet hey, her. Okay. Um, she's walking in her passion, and that's—I think we all want to have purpose in life, yes. and to see someone like her, regardless if you agree with her on all of her political aspects or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you just—you look at the way she has broken the mold. Baby, she made moves. People made. Oh, mm-hmm. she doesn't have the look. She's not the right way. That, that don't even matter. Mm-mm. If she has the talent, the God given talent. Her talent and her knowing her purpose early on mm-hmm. 
has, has that can taken make her. all the difference. And so you can just look at somebody like that, and you're just like, man, I'm inspired to be greater, strive for greater. You know. Yes. yes so yes. now. Let's talk about Black Girls Code. Yeah. Tell me about Black Girls Code. So Black Girls Code and even Code Crew and um, a lot of these STEM <clears throat> organizations, at this point, it is so important because, like we talked about, the movement of technology and the wave of where everything is going in far, as far as engineering and coding and computers and apps and phones. So it's so important for our young African-American youth to have exposure and opportunity in those fields. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, my daughters were involved in Black Girls Code, and then I started volunteering because I'm I'm a journalist I'm a writer I'm a communicator I'm not good at math and science I was like running <laughs> from math and science in school I made good grades but it took me longer mm-hmm. And so um, I just want them to be exposed in those type of things, because even though you may not go in that field, you kind of got to have your hand in so much now. Like you have to know how to run, you know, the social media for yourself, because that's a part of your promo and branding. So you can't be like, well, I don't know how to do it. Your job requires you to do it now, even though you may be a journalist. You know, (laughs) you got older journalists who are like, I'm not getting on social media. Okay, your job is in jeopardy. So you have to know how to do so many different things. And that aspect, that feeling is so important right now and so I was asked to volunteer with like um, code crew and different things like that and then I've learned about other STEM workshops and you know opportunities in the city so I just kind of keep my kids in that and also um, share those opportunities with the city whenever I see them because so many parents are like let me know next time they have this and let me you know so letting people know informing people that's what I do and so I try to share those opportunities as much as possible because our kids need to get involved and I love that young Young girls are being exposed mm-hmm. to coding because it's like you would think that that's like a male dominated. It is. Type. It still it is. is. But the exposure now for yes. women in general mm-hmm. is awesome. Yes. So I'm glad that you're volunteering. Just to do open that the good door work. for us and we're going to take over. What about Project <laughs> Homeless Connect? Tell me about that. Yeah. So I was actually out at Project Homeless Connect today. I was working this time around. I have volunteered. And so it is um, several different resources and services under one roof at the Cook Convention, Convention Center. And so um, the Community Alliance or Coalition of Homeless, um, they put together this event as a way of not just giving help, you know, a handout, but hope, you know, helping people. And that was my story today. Again, sharing that information with people about how we can help each other, people helping people. And one thing that one of the executive directors said today, she said, I want these volunteers to know that these people are just like them, except for resources. Mm. If you give people the resources that you have, the same opportunity as we talked about exposure to things, um, a lot of people who are on the streets just didn't have the same opportunities and exposure or they made the wrong choice or went the wrong way. And so they lost out on opportunity and resources. But giving them those services and opportunities again and allowing them to have some hope in life. I talked to a woman today um, who was five years ago, she was homeless and she was there for the event to get help. Mm. And now five years later, she is there as a volunteer. Look at 
that. Look at God. Yes. And so those things, I get uh, an opportunity to speak to so many people all over the city with my stories and the things that I'm sent out on. A lot of things I may not even know what's going on, but then they send a press release. They say, Jerrica, go to it. And then I'm there and it's a blessing to me, you know, just getting to know people and networking and talking to people. And um, again, that whole thing of people helping people and giving back to each other. That's what we're here for. Yes. You know, and you know what? That kind of makes me think with the Project Homeless Connect. It makes me think about um, I see so many articles and stories about the homeless situation in Mm -hmm. California. Yeah. In L.A. Mm -hmm. You have all these rich superstars. They stepping over other people. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of the name of the street or the area, but it's right next to where Skid Row. Skid Row. Mm -hmm. It is just. I'm just. I, I don't it's know like that say. in Memphis. If you drive down Central Avenue, you're in the Chickasaw Garden area, and you cross over just a couple of streets over there by the Liberty Bowl, and you over off Southern. It's you just know, like Skid Row. You not necessarily Skid Row, because Skid Row is known for mental health mm-hmm. um, challenges and illness um, and addiction. But I'm saying the way you're seeing L.A. is this. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, all these celebrities, right. all these people, and then you go one street over and you see all these homeless people. Mm-hmm. I'm saying in a neighborhood, a fluent neighborhood like Chickasaw gardens right and you go and across back, backyard and, and yes and you go over off southern or you go under the bridge over there and you're in a totally different neighborhood and you're like how are these existing the disparity like you know what, what together why why do you have That's this disparity? everywhere it's everywhere and if we all would just come down you know uh, uh, from who we think we are and how we think we've made it mm-hmm. and just go back and hold somebody else's hand and you know and bring them to a point where we can help them and not give up on them. Because um, I talked to another lady um, at a women's summit last week and she was just talking about, you know, a lot of homeless people and um, the work that she does. And she was just saying, man, these people have lost everything. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's, you know, um, alcohol, whatever it is. Um, and mental health. Mental health is one of the biggest things. A lot of people may not have addiction, but mental they need health. help as far as yeah. mental health and their families. And people are just, they're tired. They're like, listen, I've helped you once, twice. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. But God doesn't give up on us. No, no. matter how many chi- you know times that we let him down, I think that as people and as humans, we give up on people. Like, listen, I didn't help you two, three times and you still didn't get it right. Right. That's not how we, we, we can't be like that. No, we we got to keep like going this. back. <laughs> we got to keep you know? helping these people. And you mentioned a topic, mental health. Yes. And when I think of mental health, I think of Kanye West. Yes. <laughs> Girl, Listen. did you see him at the White House today with his MAGA hat on? Listen, I think that Kanye is seeking attention right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think that he's lost a sort of consciousness. You know, he talked about in his music before, before he really blew up about what money does to people, mm-hmm. you know, and what getting rich means to people who've never had anything. Mm-hmm. And that consciousness is gone almost with Kanye and he has to wake back up. You know, he talks about the sunken place, but he really needs to wake up and not just, you know, try to get people's attention with, you know, his antics. He is going to have to do the work. He's going to have to go back and put his hands in Chicago and really do the work and not just. That was one of the topics Mm -hmm. with Trump today Mm -hmm. about, um, Doing more work in in the city of Chicago, mm-hmm. um, just making a difference and 
you know, they talked about the stop and frisk searches because that's very prevalent mm-hmm. in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I know there were different, you know, topics that they talked about. But girl, Kanye went up in the White House. It's like, I don't know if you're up to date on what actually happened yet, but he sat down, was running his mouth in front of that media. He was in the Oval Office cussing at some most stuff. Mm. He was hugging on Trump, got up, hugged the man. And a lot of celebrities that's supposed to be his friend, they're done with him. And, you know, some of them kind of were done with him when he went on his last tirade. But, for example, T.I., he said, I can't do it no more. Yay. Mm-hmm. You need some help. Well, I <laughs> mean. It made me think of mental health. He does have, um, he does have the right to to have whatever opinions or political views that mm-hmm. he would like to have. And my only thing that I can say is he needs to be conscious of what's happening in his community um, with the people who were there from the beginning. You know, go back down to the low areas. You know, go back to where you were when you started. Can we do that, Kanye? Just, uh, you know, I, again, just stay well, woke, Kanye. <laughs> I, I haven't given up on him because I know him and his wife in particular have a lot of influence. Kim did her thing with getting um, the woman uh, out of jail. Mm-hmm, what was her mm-hmm. Alice Marie? Mm-hmm. Marie Johnson? Alice. You know yeah, who I'm talking Alice. about. <laughs> We're going to call her Miss Alice. Yes. So, you know. I'm thinking, okay, Kanye can go there and make a difference, too. That's mm-hmm. why I'm like, well, let's see what comes out of this. But meeting. it's, again, it's not going to be about, um, it's not going to be about um, having a photo op, you know, and these attention-seeking <laughs> methods. I, If they are genuine in the work that they say that they want to do, it's about policy change, too. You can't just say, okay, I let this one person out. Everybody look at me. You know, I did a great deed. You're going to have to go it's in and look at the ongoing. criminal justice yeah. policy and not just talk about it. The president can't just talk about it. Kanye can't just talk about it. You all are going to have to go in there and break down this broken system mm-hmm. and change some things. And that's going to take some work. That's going to take some work. And you just can't yeah. talk about it. And you have a new album coming out, and now it's a great time to, you know, do a, a photo op so wow. again i'm not sure if he's genuine i can't judge that but mm-hmm. i just think that kanye is an intelligent young man and mm-hmm. uh, from his bodies of work and music he came across as a genius in a way and in a lot of the way the ways in which he spoke and he was able to use words mm-hmm. people you know liked yeah. and they they listen to you know him and he does have that influence and he's gonna have to figure out how to use it yeah it's a, it's a new day and age with yay um you know him and kim been married for a minute now they have kids i don't know i just think he's in a new season in his life, but I don't think he really knows where he's going with it either. So we're going to watch because it's going to be on social media. It's going to be on social media. Now, are you a fabulous fan rapper fabulous? Mm, I mean, I know his music, but I've never really been a fan. I'm it's, it's always been tough for me to embrace New York rappers. Cause I'm just what? so south. Love <laughs> I like rap. his I like his music. Like mm-hmm. I have heard him on features and you yeah, know, like I like, like his music, guy. but um He's a talented I've rapper. never bought a fabulous album, I can't say. Yeah, I might you have know. bought one or two in my day. But look, girl, how about Fabulous was indicted for domestic violence with Emily B, his 
um, girlfriend from Love and Hip Hop. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen her lately on there, but do you remember that video <clears throat> that was posted? I did and not. had him on camera beating her butt, threatening her in front of her father. So, of course, like with a lot of women with domestic violence, she forgave him because I knew that was going to happen because this is like not the first story about mm-hmm. this. So she forgave him. She's back with him and the state picked it up. Mm-hmm. Well, that means um, a grand jury found enough evidence to right, indict him. It was, it was viral. It went yes. viral. Um, I actually have on my uh, purple uh, ribbon. This is for okay. domestic violence awareness. Look October is the domestic violence awareness. Um, this is a shirt where I participated. I was um, an MC for a walk up in Tipton County mm-hmm. where a woman was killed. Her husband uh, murdered her. He was convicted. He's in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny P. Austin. And um, there was a history of domestic violence. And I think that Emily is no different than a lot of women who do say, you know, they're going to change. I can and forgive them. And there is, when we talk about mental health, we talk about trauma, our men um, have been taught this, you know, way of treating women. And I think at this point, as far as uh, awareness, Emily has an opportunity to use her platform for awareness. Um, she can forgive him, but she also, you know, again, because of who she is, she has an opportunity to speak out Mm -hmm. now she doesn't have to do it but that would be great because of her influence but i don't think she's gonna do it i mean hey like i said she's no different than other women who do say i love this man i forgive this man and and i'm gonna go on but i say all of that to just say that it is a time now where we say you know the future is female Mm -hmm. and as we were talking about just friendships and women, it's time for us to support each other. And if we see a woman who is struggling in a domestic violence situation, a lot of times they don't have the strength to leave. But if we say, hey, you know what? I know you're like, man, what am I going to do with the kids? Where am I going to go? We as women have to go out and support these women to get out of these situations to save a life. So you may have a, a friend who says, hey, you're going to come stay with me. I'm going to help you with these kids. We're going to figure out how they're going to get to school every day. But no matter what, if you're in a situation and you want to get out, I'm here for you. And I think a lot of times in the culture of women, we have almost been enablers because we're like, look, hey, girl, you what you do it, to him? Enablers. Why you make him mad? Yes. You have women who are actually you know, okay with the things like that have happened. Like, you stay with him. He paying yes. your bills. He gonna... That's a good man. Men so get mad. Don't make him mad. I've I have, seen it. Listen, with the whole movement of women being groped and sexually assaulted, I have seen other women like, that's just boys being boys. No. Uh, the groping is not. I'm like, so this is the issue. Women are not supporting women enough because men have a culture, manhood. You know, there's a man code. They stick together. But women are divided and even supporting each other and standing up for these type yeah. of issues. So it's going to take us saying, you know what, girl, if you need some help to get out of this or if you want me to do anything for you, I'm here. And you have to really be there. Because women, man, I mean, if we could just come together. We got the power. <laughs> if we come together. Man, we got the power. My daddy always told me, y'all got, like, the we, women have the power. We're the only ones who can give life. Hello. We, we look, 
Come on now, Jerrica. You need know what? To today is International Day of the Girl. As we, yes, Michelle Obama was on the Today Show this morning. Oh my gosh, I was so excited. But um, yeah, because I stand for it, Michelle Are you Obama. Going to see her? You know, she's on like a tour. I don't know, but I need to figure it out. She came yeah. to Memphis, and they, the security was like, "Stand back! Nobody even touch her. Don't oh. look her way." Oh, <laughs> but she wow. was here for St. Jude, and so they're very particular when they come here. It's about the kids, mm-hmm. you know. Even though people want to go get their photo and meet her, whatever, she's here for a purpose, and. So so it was very, very, you know, like tight security. But yeah, yeah she was on the Today Show this morning. Um, and I'm probably dating this interview, but she was uh, on the Today Show for International Day of the Girl. And Is it this was new for this year. No, no, no. International Day of the Girl has been uh, for a couple of years now. Hmm. And so girls all around the world were on the Today okay. Show um, this morning. And people just celebrating all around the world saying, you know what, as women, we come together. We want education. We want freedom. We want exactly what you know was is given to these men mm-hmm. and it was a beautiful thing they had jay hood and megan trainer and all these people I missed it. you have to go back and look at it I'm, I'm gonna go back and watch it but i think that's a beautiful thing yes and um i think that you know i first of all i just want to say i'm so proud of you jerica because i didn't see you grow <laughs> up literally <laughs> grow up you know with your family with your career and one thing i can say about you you are resilient to a T <laughs> and you're gonna always be yourself. Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of people change. Yeah. But you are still true to yourself. Well, I have a country mom and daddy and I think you attribute it <laughs> to your country mom and daddy. I do because they're humble. Um, and I know that with privilege, a lot of times comes that ego, you know, you grow up with a lot of privilege and you're like, well, you know, um, you know, I deserve this. Mm-hmm. This is who I am and this is who my family is. But I think the humility of my parents mm-hmm. uh, and also just the again, the the root of religion and God and the fear of God and faith. That has just grounded me in a way that I just know I'm not any better than anybody else. And no matter what God gives me as far as favor, um, I know that he is giving me something in order to help someone else. You know, whatever he gives me, he gets glory and then I can go on to help somebody else. And so um, that's just in me. And just being real has always been a challenge for me and a blessing (laughs) (laughs) because sometimes it's like, Jerrica, you shouldn't have said that. I know that's how you feel, but you shouldn't have said it. And then I can't take it back. So I'm working on my tongue. But um, I think that, yeah, uh, um, what's his name? Nick Cannon was here recently. And one thing he talked about was everybody wants to go out and be somebody and they want to leave the city and do all of these things. And, you know, they want to get here. And and he was saying, you want to get it popping here in L.A. and New York or wherever you think that this is where it is, Atlanta or whatever. He was like, but, man, if you can get the people in your community Start there. To support you yeah. and be authentic and real. Then wherever you go, you know, now you have a movement of your hometown, people who love you, people who support you. And then you go on off and, you know, you sprout. But a lot of times people think that they need to go to these other cities or other places. And it's, I, I say that all the time. It is no problem with traveling, getting experience, going other places, getting exposure. But don't ever give up on your hometown don't ever give up hope on your hometown because we are i mean i say sacred ground all the time in memphis because of the civil rights movement because of the lives that were given here 
um, just the the fight, you know, mm-hmm. on these streets for freedom and equality and social yes. justice. Memphis deeply rooted. Memphis is a city, you know, just a treasure, yes, you know, in is. this country. And so even though I would move, you know, people say, well, you know, so many media people, you know, reporters and anchors, they kind of move to different markets just to go up. I have no problem with moving around, even though I've been here, you know, for my the majority of my career. Um, but I just think that I would still come back no matter where I go. Memphis is home for me. Oh, so you've thought about moving. I never thought I about have. you moving. Weather. Weather makes me want to change. Oh, wow. I went to Tampa and I was like, it's so nice. The w- and that's a nice market. It, and it's, you know what? It's a um, retirement city, so it's not a lot going on there. I like Memphis because there's a lot going on here, but I just like the weather and the stability of just like the, you know, man, it's like quiet. Memphis is busy. What is Hubby going to say? Well, I think he's willing to do that as well. I mean, he really didn't. Um, have an issue with moving around. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, yeah, he's a homebody, but when we travel and go to c- the cities and places that have nice weather all year round. Yeah, yeah like, oh, <laughs> this will be missing, boo. Listen, the humidity in Memphis <laughs> and the busyness sometimes, you just want to slow down, I you understand. know. And it's not, I mean, it's still the South. It's not that busy, but... But we'll definitely be following your next move, Jericho <laughs> Phillips. Now, what I want to end on is you telling everyone about Jules' journey. Oh, yeah. So you want me? To, you want me to cry? Is that what you're trying to get some I'm emotion out of to me? Make you cry, but you know, <laughs> you know. He's trying to get some emotion out of me. So, um, like I said, my first daughter early on got married, moved to Memphis. Um, two more children, a girl and a boy, and we were done. So we had two girls and a boy. And we like home run, you got it's three strikes, whatever it is, we done. <laughs> and um, we had a failed birth control experience where everybody was telling me to sue. Um, but I was like, you know what? God has different plans. You know, you have to go with what he, you know, he has. And so um, I went to the doctor and they saw some complications with my birth control. Um, it was an internal birth control. And um, they were just like, you know, you need to go and get some things checked out. And you also need to have a pregnancy test. And boom, I was pregnant. He was like, oh, and God. yeah, it was such a huge surprise because my son was like five or six years old. And he was kind of independent kindergarten. Everybody in school. We ain't paying for no daycare no more. We good. Oh, and so to find Wait. that out. Period. Just to find that I was pregnant again, it was like, OMG. I mean, I'm thinking about my career. I'm just thinking about so much. And, um, you know, I'm just like, you know what? OK, we're going we're gonna to work through this thing. We did a gender reveal. We just got excited about it. And uh, we were on vacation in California, um, had done some testing, uh, ultrasound and stuff like that. And my doctor kept calling me over and over again in California. And I'm like, what does she want? It got to be something. She leave a voicemail. Please give me a call. Please give me a call. And uh, when I finally talked to her, she was like, I think we should come in and discuss some of the testing, you know, from your pregnancy and da 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 And I'm like, no, just tell me now. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, you know, the baby we found has trisomy 21. And I'm like, what is that? You know, I didn't know at the time. And she said, well, that's Down syndrome. And I was like, she wrong. You know, you know, me and my husband had to take a break. We're in the hotel room. We go to the bathroom and we both, you know, just mm. it was an emotional time. And I'm just like, no, he is just in denial at that point. Like, no, 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 they're wrong. So we come back and they say, let's do some further testing because you're not at risk. You know, women um, 
35 and older are at risk for having children with chromosomal abnormalities just because your eggs and stuff doesn't split or whatever. So I'm hitting 33 in just a month or two. And so I'm just like, okay, I'm not at risk. It's not an issue. Um, so they do an amniocentesis where they go in and they were taking my blood and all that stuff at first, but they went in and grabbed her DNA and cells and all that so they can confirm. And so they confirm, confirm. Like they were like, okay, you know, this is what it is. Um, you know, you're allowed to terminate the pregnancy is early enough. You know, a lot of people decide not to go forward with pregnancies when they know when they know there's going to be abnormalities because we don't know what kind of difficulties she was going to have. Um, like 19, 20. Okay. And we had just found out the sex. And, of course, she was moving at that point. And I'm like, listen, no, we ain't going to be able to do it. We're going to go with this. And people were just like, man, this is their birth control issue going back to sue. You know, it was a class action lawsuit against the birth control that I was on. And we won't mention any of that. But I'm just like, no, you know, I let me just figure out what's going on in my life right now. I don't want this to become a news story because people at my job were like, you know, this is a story. Let's mm-hmm. talk about it. Let's share. Let's help other people. OK, I can't help anybody until I get through this myself. So that pregnancy was difficult all the way to delivery because we did not know how what spectrum she was going to be on as far as Down syndrome. And so um, they did a lot of monitoring and testing while I was pregnant. They were looking to see if she was swallowing right and her belly was abnormal, just all these different things. And then children with Down syndrome have a 50-50 chance of being born with a hole in their heart. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was the scariest part because she could live or die. And I mean, it was like a lot of serious stuff going on. So when she was born, they rushed her on to the NICU, did echocardiograms on her heart. And thankfully, all of the things that she could be at risk for, you know, it was a blessing. Yes, she is, is a healthy baby girl. Yes, she's going to have some developmental delays. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's just a blessing that we have not been in and out of the or the hospital with her. And um, she's thriving. Mm-hmm. You know, October is also Down Syndrome Awareness Month. And so there's a big walk next um, next week at Christian Brothers University, uh, the Step Up for Down Syndrome mm-hmm. walk. And when she turned one, so she just turned two, uh, October 2nd, she was born in uh, Down Syndrome Awareness Month. She was born October 2nd. So in 2016 was when she was born. And um, at that point, I just wasn't ready to share with the world. Some people knew. And people were kind of talking and people would inbox me on my work page and say, you know, I'm here for you. And I didn't want to hear that at that point. Mm-hmm. I didn't share it with you. Don't talk to me about it, you know, because I'm not comfortable with it right at that point. So people were telling me, I have a sister with Down syndrome. I have a child with Down syndrome. Let me talk to you. I'm here for you. And I just I, I didn't want that Let at that be. point. So it took me a full year to share my story um, on my social media platforms. And I still didn't do a news story about it because, again, I don't want to be an advocate yet. I'm still learning. I'm still orienting myself with um, this whole life, you know, and what she's going to need in life. And uh, on her first birthday, I shared my story and my depression with the pregnancy and just all the things that I went through because I said, you know what, just like I'm talking about Emily B or all these other people who have, you know, Kanye who have these platforms and they need to use them you know I said I don't know why God chose me at first I was like why me why me why not me Mm -hmm. one in 600 babies are born with down syndrome and so these other families could ask the same thing why me but if God chose you why not you And so at this point, I am all about sharing awareness and talking about, you know, the needs and the abilities Mm -hmm. 
because a lot of people focus on disability and special needs as a it's an issue it's a problem they're going to have problems but when we look at it as an ability look at the abilities look at the things that they are able to do right. the quality of life before just in the 1980s people did not understand down syndrome so much that they were put in these special needs classrooms they were set off to the side they they can't learn you know um and they also didn't understand that they were born with holes in their hearts that again, just in the 80s. So a lot of children died by the age of 25. The life expectancy for children uh, for Down syndrome was 25 years old. Mm. And that's just crazy that that was so, you know, that's just, you know. And so um, now there's been research and they are still learning about Down syndrome and the life expectancy is much greater. Mm-hmm. And um, just my whole purpose at this point with her is to share her abilities with people and to share with other families who may get that diagnosis tomorrow or next week or whatever, that it is not a sentence of, you know, your child can't be, your child won't be. Um, You can look at it as if they call it the lucky few. There's a hashtag. If you look at the hashtag, the lucky few that 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 associates with Down syndrome. But I call it the blessed few. Because I don't ever think that I'm lucky, you know, I'm loved, I'm blessed. And I know that God is using my life and I have a purpose to walk in no matter what, you know, the challenges. We don't know what God going to throw on us because I definitely wasn't expecting that. Definitely wasn't. I was like, wow, that was a curveball above all. You know, I just didn't ever expect to have a child with special needs. And um, I just look at it as a blessing. She's been able to teach me so many things about myself, about other people, about how I judge other people my prejudice you know towards other people and we just have to go and look at ourselves re-examine our hearts you know and then kids bring that out in you the innocence they do yes Yes. people with down syndrome definitely have a born innocence that is almost lifelong you know and i see older adults with down syndrome and the love that they have they don't you they just don't have any any ill will towards people you've never heard of a down syndrome person committing a crime no never And so there's an innocence about them that God made them different for a reason to bring something to this earth. And boy, oh boy, she is just a jewel. We named her Jewel Dior, Mm -hmm. which means um, golden and precious. Mm -hmm. And she is definitely that. She lives up to her name. She's very feisty. She is her mama's child. Like she definitely, and she can eat. (laughs) (laughs) She has so many of our qualities. Um, And I just think a mama's girl or a daddy's girl. Um, I would say both. He would say she's a daddy's girl. Oh, they always say Yeah, that. she, <laughs> I would say both only because she has her times when she wants me and then she has her times when she wants him. So, but he would swear, he'll call me from work. Um, y'all, are y'all doing this? Are y'all doing that? Y'all don't know how to take care of her. What? So, oh, what? so I have four children. Look, daddy. <laughs> go on now. He like, y'all don't know how to take her. We're getting ready to do a cruise next year. And he's like, she got to go with us. Nobody can keep her. You have to let go, sir. Oh, like, he's at that point. Of yes. Well, he okay. also feels like nobody can care for her the way we can. But you have you no matter what your child has any as far as special needs or whatever. Like we were talking about independence. You have to raise your children to be independent. Right. They can't need and right. depend on anybody. Like, yes, she may need some special assistance, but she can live an independent life. Yeah. We don't we don't need to raise her like, you know what? You can't you can't do this on your own. Somebody has to hold your hand. No, I want to teach her that she can be independent. She can go out and she can get a job. Education is still important. Definitely. All of those things. She may have some some developmental delays and some things that may, you know, take some extra work and some extra challenges. But 
it's so important for us to raise our children to be independent. Yes. Free thinkers. Definitely. And and it, and it seems like the kids these days are definitely free thinkers. Yes, they are. <laughs> I'm battling with Dallas girl right now. But how can everyone participate and help and register for the walk you talked about this next week? Yes, yes, yes. So, um... Penny Hardaway and the University of Memphis team, they're going to come out. That's exciting. Um, They're going to come out to the walk. And I think that's important for the team to learn about advocacy and community Um, because they're on a platform now that people are going to be watching them. So, you know, national, national right now. You know, it's going to be a big thing. But people can um, go to my social media platforms, Jerrica Phillips. Um, Pretty much all of my names on Twitter and on Instagram and Facebook are just Jerrica Phillips. It may be a underscore on Twitter, Jerrica underscore Phillips. But um, you will find the links and um, information about how to register. You can also go to the Down Syndrome Association of Memphis.org, DSAM.org, and find out more information about how to register. Just $10, you know. I'm going to do it. I'm going to yes, do it. Yes, you got to come out. Yes, yes, yes. I think yes, I yes. will. I think it's cool now, like, you know, the as far as the weather, too. Yes. Like, my hair going <laughs> to survive the walk. <laughs> Listen, it rained on the St. Jude walk, and mm-hmm. I was out there in the rain with my camera covering the walk. It, it was, was it poof, poof, be gone. Oh, my gosh. I had on, like, four hoods. I had just got my hair done. You it, had to put the hood on. That pissed you off when you just get your hair done and stuff like that. It rained every time you go to the beauty shop. I know, right? Every time. Oh, my. A natural <laughs> girl's life. Well, Jerrica, I have really enjoyed you. I would say for episode 39, you were indeed a blessing to me, to my audience. I mean, you definitely have a beautiful story. Thank you. And I know that you're impacting so many people. And you probably don't even know it. But I think you know it, but you don't know it yet. Nah, I'm kind of nervous about that yet. whole, you know, when you make it to a certain level and people know your name and I'm like, oh, I don't I don't want that responsibility. But mm-hmm. when God gives you responsibility and purpose, you know, it's for, again, his glory. Yes. So we have to make sure that we are doing the right thing and like I said keeping our hearts where it should be you know because I'm definitely so far from perfect I make so many bad decisions and so many mistakes and I'm like oh my gosh but you learn from we each decision we're, we're all human we're all human but you know in your position I think you know they may be like oh you know they never think about you know you not being perfect or you know you having a real <laughs> life like them you know stuff yeah. like that and then yeah. when you meet people when you're out and about they're like hey we're a lot alike i try to keep keep it real in my social media too just people always inbox me and say man i like the fact that you're so authentic you share you all are. these things and i try i just try not to be above you know like oh i'm in this cloud i mean i have this life you know no i am just a regular girl i say from north memphis from north haven north But I, you know what, Ina, I respect everything that you are doing as well. It is such an inspiration to see you, you know, growing in um in your career and using your platform because i listened to you on the radio growing up and (laughs) i'm not gonna say you all but as a teenager you know and i was with your sisters your younger sisters and i would always hear the e double e s go you know and so i was like wow you know and when i finally you know got to know you and i was in this career like i said i grew up with the claudia bars and the merle purposes and now to be in the same arena with them And to be sitting here with you, I mean, you have 
paved the way for yourself and so many others. Yes. And so for you to be stepping into this new level. And I'm loving it. Podcast, loving entrepreneur. It. I, you know what? The fun Congrats. thing about this. Thank you, Jerrica. The fun thing about this is I can talk to people like you. Mm-hmm. When I, I, I can hit you up, call you. Can you come and talk to me on my podcast? And others can hear your story mm-hmm. and you can share something with them. Yeah. I get hit up all the time after I post a podcast about what someone may have said that have maybe changed their life or yeah. they're going through the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that makes a difference. Like, I think I really finally found my passion. Absolutely. <laughs> my Walking passion. in your purpose. Yes. yes. So I'm feeling everything that you talked about today. And I just really appreciate you, Soror. Thank you for coming. Thank Jerica you for Phillips. having me. Check her out <laughs> on WMC Action News 5. When can they check you out on Channel 5? They can catch me weekday mornings, Wednesday through Friday. And then weekend anchor desk uh, on Channel 5 starting at 5 a.m. Yes. Yes, Verbally Effective, episode 39 in the books with Jerrica Phillips.